From Christ Church Cathedral in Houston, Texas, this is Making Our Home for Faith, the podcast. As we journey through the season of Easter, join ministers for young adults, youth, and children, Christy, Marcia, and Carrie Ann, for a time of shared wisdom that we are calling Trail Mix small bites of truth for our travels, both spiritual and physical. There's such richness that comes from sharing what we are learning on the road of life. In the words of St. Augustine of Hippo, it is solved through walking. We are honored to walk this leg of the journey home with you. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Envía tu Espíritu Creador y renueva la faz de la tierra. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Por Cristo nuestro Señor. Amén. 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 Our scripture from this week, uh, for this week, comes from um, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Okay. I know it's our, it's our final, final version of this uh, podcast of trail mix. And I, um, I know that our word is communing. And I think sometimes about when I'm communing with God, I put a lot of human attributes on God that are not necessarily truth about God. So like, if I think I want to hang out with Christy and Marcia, I think, okay, I, I hope I don't get on their nerves or I hope I don't, I hope I don't annoy them. Or, um, I hope that they're not angry with me or whatever. And those kinds of things um, kind of dictate how my interactions with you are going to go. And if I'm not careful, I do that, that same thing with God. Two different readings that I want to share with you today. I know I'm only supposed to do one, but two different readings. Like, it's almost like God was like, I need to underscore this for you, Lesnar, because you're not getting it the first time. So the first one is from Emily P. Friedman's book, The Next Right Thing. And, um, She talks um, in words that I needed to hear. (laughs) God will not shame you into better behavior. He will not trick you. He will not tease you. He will not laugh at you. He will not terrorize you. He does not pull rugs out from under you. He doesn't drop the other shoe. He does not pull fast ones. He doesn't roll his eyes, throw up his hands, or turn his back on you. God is your shepherd. He provides what you need. I, so that's the first one. Then as if that wasn't enough, God comes back in my devotions. Um, in the book, New Morning Mercies by uh, Paul David Tripp. God never regrets his promises. He never grows bored or weary. He does not get mad with us and debate with himself as to whether he should walk away. 
He never, he never lounges through a lazy, self-centered day. He never withdraws his commitment to us because he has his eye on another person. He never makes a promise he doesn't intend to keep. His love isn't a passing fancy. He never threatens to withdraw his love in order to get his own way. He never keeps a record of wrongs against us so that he can use it to get something from us that he wants. He is never disloyal behind our backs. He is completely faithful to the fullest sense of what that means. And here's what is important to understand. His faithfulness is not a demonstration of how well you are doing. No, it's a revelation of how completely holy, righteous, kind, and good he is. He remains faithful even in your most unfaithful day. Y'all, I think I'm supposed to get something here. I think I'm supposed to, I think I'm supposed to hear. Um, it's not about me. God, I make it about me when it's, when it's you, you know, when I'm getting to hang out with you. And sometimes I make it about me when I'm hanging out with God. And it's so evident in these two, in these two readings to me that I've got to take, I've got to take into consideration that God is God and God is not like me. I'm like God when I remember that. <laughs> or sometimes it's so easy for us to um, be, not be God to others, but offer that grace that he offers us to others. Um, it's, it's not always the same the same way we express, like we give that grace back to ourselves, right? So it's important to hear that of this beautiful God of how he loves us no matter what. Um, there's so many lines in both um, in both readings. Um, first of all, I was really shocked that God does not roll his eyes. I really <laughs> um, True. That needs to be a t-shirt. Have, I, I, I really do think there's times where he's rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> but um but gosh he's so full of grace and i mean like god is our shepherd right god is mm -hmm. your shepherd he's my shepherd and um loves me and takes care of me and protects me and guides me no matter what um he doesn't make a promise that he doesn't um plan to keep wow because I make some promises sometimes. <laughs> um, and it makes me uh, remember that the promises that he's instilled in my heart, he plans to keep. Um, and that becomes very hard sometimes to, to remember because it, get, it gets cloudy and it gets, um, life gets full of obstacles and you're like, maybe that wasn't it. You know, maybe that, maybe God was just kidding, you know, but. Um, or maybe that was meant for everybody else but me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, mm. but um, he makes promises and he keeps them. Um, I feel like he also, like both of them are a combination of like uh, Paul, the Paul, Paul's letter to the Corinthians about how love is, love is patient and love is kind, just in different wording. But um, mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of that. Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> and on that, that not, there's no regrets for those promises. That's sometimes I'm like, you gave me this and put it on my heart and I totally screwed it up. Right. Like, do, are you sure that that was what you meant me to do? And then later you see how it all played out, but like there is, there's no regrets for those promises, which I, I love that. Yeah. You know? 
I love those two readings and I, I wrote them in my commonplace book. So I, I have them for myself for all time. <laughs> yes. That's almost <laughs> stuff that you should have like framed. You know what I mean? Like you need that. Okay. Um, well, continuing um, in conversation about love and his love for us and how his love is revealed to us. Um, I want to read from, I'm going to share with you a reading from um, Love is the Way by Bishop Michael Curry. So the whole book is obviously about love and there's so much, so many examples about love um, and community and, and community. Um, so I'm going to read a part of it. Um, and it's from the first chapter looking for God. And this is right after, um, he talks about his mother being, uh, deceased. So it says the day we buried her, it was a frigid, even for, it was frigid, even for a Buffalo winter. We were used to the cold, but that day it seemed colder. It was a cold that wanted to crush you. That's Buffalo's winter, but that's just also death. A cold, low life, horrible thing. Jordan's river is chilly and cold. Chill my body, chill my body, but not, not my soul, goes the spiritual. As I lowered her, her body into the ground, I started crying. I was standing next to Mrs. Bullock and she pulled me into her. Mommy's gone, I told her. It's so cold. Mrs. Bullock rocked and rocked me. I felt so I felt the soft, scratchy hairs of her wool coat on my cheek and rubbed against them. Solid. We rocked and rocked. That memory is a moment, and more than a moment. The way Mrs. Bullock pulled me in, her coat a soft landing for a soft boy suffering. This is how we lived through the whole time of mommy's sickness and her death. We were always resting in the loving hands of our church community, which is to say, in God's hands. Grandma, a Baptist, never understood the quiet elderly Episcopalians in my father's parish on Sunday. She used to call us all woo Martians, silent and shuffling around the church. How do you know when the Holy Spirit comes into your church? She would rib my daddy, both of them laughing. Nobody gets the spirit and gets up and shouts. If it ain't in the prayer book, you don't say it. She much preferred the joy of Sundays at the Baptist church. After mommy's burial, we gathered at someone's house for a meal. My grandmother looked around the room at the Bullocks, Josie Robbins, and all the rest. She shook her head and caught my eye. You know where the spirit of the Lord is, she said to me, when you see people love. She shook her head and smiled. Grandma had no idea that she was echoing, echoing the meat evil hymn, Ubi Caritas, where true love is found. God himself is there. She had come by her wisdom, the honest way, from a life of hardship and loving. She knew the Bible said, God is love. And she knew that the power of love is often meditated, mediated through the people who love us. And it's those people and that love that pulls us through and keep us going when we don't have the strength. Remember St. Paul? Love never ends. My mother was gone, but love wasn't. Human beings... Fragile as we are, are the beautiful, heartbreaking conduit, but ultimately not the source. I didn't have these thoughts at 10 years old, but I could feel it. I knew that I was loved as much as ever, as, as well as ever. 
and that though I miss my mother, we wouldn't make it. So um, I love, there's so much that represents the love and communion and, and communing. Um, but I love that it, that throughout the whole thing, it's, it's, the love is felt through people and it's manifested through the people that took care of him. And it's manifested through the people that did, had no relationship, no relation to him, but chose to guide him and chose to be with him throughout this very difficult part of his life, like his mother's death. Um, and if you read a little bit more into it, they, it, he tells a story about how these two women would take care of him um, and while his dad was a, was a priest and led church on Sunday and led Bible studies and then went into town to see his wife um, that was at a hospice. Um, and he also was a dad, like he was taken care by a community that loved, that over anything demonstrated love. Um, so I love that. And it also reminds me of, um, of times, like reminds me of my of community in San Mateo, where um, I have a vivid, when he was, when he kept saying I, I was 10 years old, it reminds me when I was um, seven, um, when my mom had Emmanuel, she had a C-section. And if there's something I remember um, from that experience is that I always remember waking up and there's like, like two ladies there. Um, like, and I was like, are you, is it Sunday? You know, like, why are you here? <laughs> um, and they were there to take care of my mom, to help my mom with Emmanuel, to make sure I was fed, to make sure that, you know, if we needed anything, we were taken care of. So it reminds me of that, of, of coming together and, um, and how love and community show up. Growing up in the church, I was kind of a um, church mouse, Methodist preacher's kids. Um, we tend to be there for all the things. Anytime the door was open, <laughs> we were we were there. And um, we were we had moved from Michigan to New Mexico, so this idea that like we didn't have family next door for things like mom or dad getting sick or you know emergencies. We just, we had to rely on our church family and those vivid memories that, I mean, just the, the scratch on his cheek of her wool, of her wool, wool coat, Mrs. Bullock's wool coat, those little things have such big imprints on children, right? Those, whether that's like, I can't smell Play-Doh or Kool-Aid today without thinking of Sunday school, mm -hmm. those two smells um, and, and they're happy memories, right? Those, those smells are happy, happy smells, even though the Kool-Aid was hot, it was never served to us like <laughs> with ice cubes. Like, why would you waste ice cubes on children? Um, but, but those memories of being loved and being accepted, um, are, are deep imprints, right. On, on our, our hearts and foundational in the way that we, we build community. Um, wow. I didn't know that about Bishop Curry and, um, it makes his message of love even more impactful in, in a way, because when you lose somebody that early mm -hmm. to not to, to miss love, right. To just miss it all together when you lose your, a parent. Mm -hmm. And yet it sounds to me like part of her legacy in him was love. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just thinking of all the different communities that you can be a part of. But I think church community, what is it about church that, like, I guess, like, they're just, you're just taught, like, you better be loving each other, you know? And so growing up with, like, a bigger family, you know, I have three brothers, and so we were really always known at church. Like, they know, oh, those orange dwarfs. And so uh, just so many beautiful people from there. Um, but I like, but there was something in the reading about, I think we a lot of times put that human element on God, right? And that what's so beautiful is that we, it, we can't even imagine like that's, you know, and so we, we try to make it um, imaginable, right. By putting those, those things. And so just remembering that, but God is sent in these people in our community. So love it. Love it. Okay. So um, I'm bringing to you today, a book called hungry hearts. It's essays on courage, desire, and belonging. And so I am reading um, a portion of an essay from Austin Channing Brown. And so the chapter is called, or the essay is called Reaching for Ambition. And um, this is actually the closing chapter on page uh, 22. The problem was never that I wasn't good enough for my own ambitious dreams. It was that my dreams required community in order to become possible. I was never meant to try to reach my goals alone, just as I was never meant to try to impact the world alone. My mother and grandmother were standing right there next to me when the crocodile came slithering up the aisle. All I had to do was look up at them and ask, will you help me do this? And if it doesn't go well, will you still be there? It's vulnerable and scary, and it's taken a lifetime of practice, but I found it's worth it to believe in myself and others enough to say, I want this. I'm worthy of this. I need help getting there, and I believe you will be there for me, whatever happens next. Um, if you read back earlier in the chapter, um, she's in a play, and there's a crocodile, so uh, that I think it's a um, the TikTok TikTok. So I think it's uh, I think it's Peter Pan. Um, just in case that doesn't mean that. Um, but but the fact that we have others around us that encourage us, but also understanding that we are worthy of that, right? We're worthy of that. Um, of what does she say? We're worthy of that ambition and we're worthy of being, being who we are, right? We're worthy of that wanting more and we're worthy of that big, big dream that just feels bigger than any of us, right? And so realizing that um, you can't do it alone, <laughs> realizing that first of all, and that um, when those people are around you, that they'll believing that they're going to be there no matter what. I think that every church has this guy. I don't know. I don't know who he is at the cathedral, but um, in one of my dad's churches, there was a, there was a man that when we passed the peace, 
he used to put butterscotch candy, like the, the little wrapper, he would put it right between his, his middle finger and his um, ring finger. So when you pass the piece and you'd shake his hand, he would let go of the butterscotch candy in your hand. And so as kids, we like, we were always around him. The candy man is what we call them. Like if you want it, like if my life depended on it right now, I could not tell you what his last name was, but I, I will never forget the candy man. Um, and, and he, he wanted so desperately to share God's love with us in a way that was tangible, that he made, he made handing out candy, his act of, of agape love, like to, to us. Right. And I don't know who that is at the cathedral, but I feel like there are people in our lives that just are, they're there for those moments. Um, Mm. I know one person at the cathedral who is definitely that person, Lucy Chambers. Uh, She may not be handing out little butterscotches, her, her ring finger and her, and her, and her tall man, but she is, she is the person that she finds the kindest, most loving thing to say to you. Um, recently the three of us were standing with her and I was talking about getting my hair dyed. And she said the kindest things about, about me and made me feel like it's okay that I dye my hair. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, nobody's over there going, Oh my goodness, I wish Katie would do her roots more often. But she, she found a way to encourage me in a time where it would be very easy at my age to start, start doubting. Like, do I still have a place um, at the table? Am I still important? And she's like, heck yeah, you're still important. Heck yeah. You still have a place. Um, and I, I want to be that. I want, I want mm-hmm. to find ways to be that encourager to others. Um, cause I want to be like Lucy Chambers when I grow up. <laughs> Some good aspirations. Yeah. I don't know. It was Marjorie Blossom around when you were at Holy Spirit. Why is that name familiar? Yes. Just the sweetest. I just remember like, so it's funny how I, you associate things. So my grandma, we, I have a quilt from my grandma that was made from some of her clothes. And one piece of it is made from this nightgown that I, you know, you just like rub up against. Right. Yeah. But it's so funny how that feeling of, of snuggling with my grandma. And now I have the blanket reminds me of Marjorie, which is totally two separate things altogether. but she was like the grandma at Holy Spirit. And she would just love you. And I don't remember, I can't even think about it, but we, when we were talking about people, that that's the name that came up to me that, that popped in my head. Um, yeah. Did you have somebody like that, Marcia at San Mateo or, or just in your life in general, like people who just stand out as like that? I think my, um, my, uh, the person who made the mask is just stands out as like, um, someone who's mothered me through situations, um, and, um, in times when I needed a mom, um, she stepped in and, um, that again, one of the many times I think God manifests his love for me through people, I would have to say through her. Mm, your Tia. Yes. I love that. And, and also I'm sure Carrie Ann must know that you've already kind of done that. Like, I hope you realize that, like, mm-hmm. that I remember being a 
misguided, a wild young adult and how you were there to sow this, or was it field the, you have a sowed the seed and you, what do they call it? Till the land or whatever. Carrie was a huge piece of my tilling my, my, my soil. That's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know- you know what? I feel like I've learned now. I feel like I've learned more from Christy than I could have ever tilled in her life. So I don't know. Well, you started it. Well, it's all your fault. We're just we're just so we're so blessed to work with each other, but also to um, continue to learn from one another and to spur one another on. I I feel like I need mm. more of that in my life. I need I need less. Uh, let's sit and gripe and complain. Uh, sessions mm. and more of this, more of like, tell me how you're growing. Tell me how you're learning. Tell me wh- where God's like digging around and trying to root up junk that you're like, Oh, I'm not ready to give that tap root up. And, and yet <laughs> in my gardening experience, if you don't get rid of that tap root, <laughs> that thing's going to keep coming back and it's going to keep rearing its ugly head. And I, I want to cultivate grace and encouragement in my life. And so I just keep hanging out with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to keep doing this. You know, we'll just have to uh, find a way. We just won't have to record it. it. And then people, there you go. Our 23 listeners who have, who have been faithful. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess it would be 20 because we've probably all three downloaded. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I, I think also, um, which has been pretty much said over and over this whole conversation is that um, dreams need community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, whatever God has instilled in your heart and your mind needs community, seeks community. Um, so I think I, I, I'm learning to be more intentional about who he's putting in my path to, to um, bring this dream to life. Um, so that's good stuff. I keep, that's, that's my, that's my phrase. I've listened to us and I say that's good stuff at least five times during every podcast, just FYI. So our breath prayer for this week is also good stuff. Um, our inhale will be, will be um, uh, surround me with love and our exhale is and tender mercies. So let's do that three times. You surround me with love and tender mercies. You surround me with love and tender mercies. You surround me with love and tender mercies. Amen. You've been listening to Making Our Home for Faith, a podcast production of Christ Church Cathedral in Houston, Texas. You can find supplemental materials on our website at christchurchcathedral.org forward slash home for faith. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star rating so that we can continue sharing content like this with others. Special shout out to our cathedral families who are walking virtually the Camino de Santiago during the season of Easter. We are walking with you and praying for you. This trail mix was made especially for you. Artwork for the podcast by Jenna Garcia with Day Made Designs theme music for the podcast by Tori McClure. We pray that your home be blessed and strengthened today as we make our home for faith together.